Good morning and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. This is the podcast recording for August 2nd, 2020. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths and on behalf of the team and I, I'd like to say welcome. Thank you for joining us. Please continue to share this with your family and friends. This is my one year anniversary. Uh, last year, at this Sunday, I started as the head pastor of Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. And I want to just pause and praise God for a moment um, that you have been so loving and you have been so caring. And I feel honored and humbled and privileged to be called your head pastor. Um, just a reminder, I love you guys and I miss you and I can't wait till we are back together. Um, uh, second announcement is we have a Zoom memorial for Patricia Schwinnison. That's going to be Saturday, August 8th at 2 p.m. on Zoom. If you want more details, um, email me at jason at pccov.net or call the church. And last but not least, this is a this is the first Sunday of the month, so we are breaking bread and gathering around the table together. Um, so please have your elements ready for when that comes. Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 17, verses 1 through 7. It's a prayer of David. And remember, we're in the wisdom literature of Solomon, so this is David, father of Solomon. Hear me, Lord. My plea is just. Listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. It does not rise from deceitful lips. Let my vindication come from you. May your eyes see what is right, though you probe my heart. Though you examine me at night and test me, you will find that I have planned no evil. My mouth has not transgressed. Thou people tried to bribe me. I have kept myself from the ways of the violent through what your lips have commanded. My steps have held to your paths. My feet have not stumbled. I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. Show me the wonders of your great love. You may save by your right hand. Those who take refuge in you from their foes. Let us worship the Lord in spirit and in truth.
listening and thank you for tuning in to today's children's message. We are missing you all and hoping you are all doing well. What are some hobbies that people enjoy? I'm sure we're all digging into those deeply at the moment. But for some, it could be reading, knitting, and photography. Some people like to build things like model cars or airplanes. Others may enjoy outdoor activities like fishing or hiking. What's your hobby? Do you think God may have a hobby? Okay, I know the Bible doesn't tell us that God has a hobby, but if he did, what do you think it might be? My guess would be bird watching. If I use my imagination, I can see God sitting in heaven with a pair of binoculars. Perhaps he has a book with pictures of all the beautiful birds that he has created, and he's trying to see how many of them he can find. And if I really stretch my imagination, I can even hear him saying, there's a bluebird, oh, and a cardinal, oh, look over there, an eagle, and a meadowlark, and a sparrow. A sparrow? Of course he would see a sparrow. There are millions of them. You've seen them, common, ordinary brown sparrows. But God must have loved them because he made so many of them. One day, Jesus was teaching his disciples that they should not be afraid. Jesus said, don't be afraid when people threaten you. Two sparrows are sold for a penny, but not a single sparrow falls to the ground without your father knowing it. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. A sparrow seems like a common bird. It has been said, God must have loved the common people because he made so many of them. I don't think that God sees us as common or ordinary. If he did, he would not love us in such an uncommon and extraordinary way. The Bible says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. We are more precious to him than a whole flock of sparrows, and we know how much he loves the sparrow. Pray with me. Dear God, We know that we are precious in your sight. Thank you for loving us with such an uncommon and extraordinary love. In Jesus' name, amen. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Standing on this promise, let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Holy and merciful God, meet each one of us exactly where we are. We confess that we allow our fears to drown out your voice. We are afraid of the unknown. We are afraid of things outside of our control. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to hand our fears and control issues over to you every hour of every day. Help us to be quiet and still, waiting for your will to be revealed rather than running ahead of you. Keep our hearts open to the Spirit's working and transformation in our lives. Remind us that we have daily manna from heaven and a safe shelter in you when we are tempted to look elsewhere for hope 
and help. We pray these things in the mighty and powerful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The psalmist sings, Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Our hope is indeed in Lord Jesus, who forgives our sin and frees us to live in abundance through his power. Believe the good news, we are forgiven, and be at peace. Yours is the glory, yours is the 
Yours is the name above all names. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. Come on, sing it. Name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Yes, nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. You have no rival. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. Last time, what a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. Name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. We are in our third week of our study of the wisdom literature of Solomon. We started with a brief introduction to Solomon himself, and then last week we talked about how the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And now we're going to add several attributes to what it means to be a wise person. I've never preached, I, I mentioned this last week, I've never preached on Proverbs, and I'm quickly finding out why. This is concentrate. <laughs> this is theology and concentrate. And it's, um, it's heavy stuff, it's pragmatic stuff, and it's best to take off little bites and chew for a long, long time. Saying all that, I want to read our text and then go deep in a couple spots. But honestly tell you, the work of Proverbs is done over large amounts of time. So in a culture where we want everything really fast, um, 
this this book isn't for the quick answer, the quick solve. These proverbs are meant to be chewed upon, are meant to be pondered, are meant to be walked out and practiced. And so let us turn to our text. It's Proverbs 3, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 18. Solomon writes, My child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and abundant welfare they will give you. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing for your flesh and a refreshment for your body. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My child, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves the one he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Happy are those who find wisdom and those who get understanding, for her income is better than silver and her revenue better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her, those who hold fast. To her are called happy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Solomon starts our text this morning by saying, my child. It's invitational. It's disarming. It's a healthy reminder that it doesn't matter your age. I know I'm preaching to a lot of uh, on on the older end of the spectrum, the age spectrum. Uh, We have a fair amount of congregants that are over the age of 90. Um, And I, I say to you, older, wiser congregant, you are still a child You're a child in the eyes of your Heavenly Father. And so as we begin this text, feel invited, almost like a children's message. God inviting us in through the words of Solomon. um, And listen to the Heavenly Father who loves and cares about you. His first thing he says out of here, he says, don't forget teachings and commandments. Don't, don't let, don't forget about keeping the commandments. I'm a, I'm a thinker. I'm a planner. I'm an organizer. 
And I am guilty often of not doing because I've been, I'm too busy thinking or planning on how to do or what to do. Um, so refreshing, Solomon, straight out of the gate, simply says, don't forget, remember. Remember that God has told us the plan. We simply need to listen to him and do it. And then in verse 3, Solomon gives us some really practical advice. Bind them onto your neck or around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. I'm not a language guy. <laughs> I, uh, I struggle learning languages. I, um, I had to take second year Greek in undergraduate uh, twice because I had to drop it. Um, and so when I got to seminary, um, I had figured out the only way that I was to I was able to I was going to be able to pass anything language uh, related my Hebrew and my Greek was note cards hundreds I think maybe even thousands thousands of these little note cards with Greek words on the front of them and their meaning in English on the back and grammar like uh, I, it's still grounded in my it's it, it's wedged in my brain. On ace a omen et the usi. I remember that card distinctly. That's the endings of Greek verbs. I think it's the aorist tense, but because they have six tense in it, we, uh, that's another sermon. But the only way I could I could get through the languages um, was by putting them everywhere in my life. I met a seminary professor of Old Testament, Nate Feldmuth, and Dr. Nate Feldmuth, he's an Old Testament professor at Fuller, and he won up mine. He said he had such a hard time with language, he would laminate them and take them in the shower with him. <laughs> that's crazy, right? But it's that's the pragmatic advice of Solomon. Surround yourselves with the laws and commands of God. Pin them to you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your hearts. Um, and then we move into verses 5 and 6. Um, that's the famous. This is, these, are, these are the famous, the big boys. You know, these are, the, these are the ones when you think of Proverbs 3. These Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your, your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. What does that mean? How do you trust something? How do you trust God with all of your heart? I think the, the clearest way that this verse applies to my life is I I turn it into a question. Am I trusting in the Lord with my finances? Am I trusting the Lord with my health? Am I trusting the Lord with fill in the blank? And I found 
that as these Proverbs, as you start to live them out, I have countless stories of of ways that I've trusted in the Lord and He has made it my path straight. Just a year ago, when I was applying at pastoral, head pastor positions, I was trusting in God and he led me here. And then in verse 7, he says, do not be wise in your own eyes. You know what I mean? Can you, I, that's, that's just so well put. Don't think of yourself that's how Paul puts it. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Be humble. It's a call to humility once again. He says, Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It's as simple as that sometimes, right? Avert your eyes. You see danger? Go a different way. You see evil? Turn your head so you're not looking at the evil. When you're in awe of the Lord and you see things that are evil and you turn away from them, your flesh will be healed, it says in verse 8. And you'll find refreshment for your body. In some translations, it says you'll find refreshment for your bones. Your very skeleton, your very core. This is where Proverbs and Psalms, they kind of get mixed up, right? They get, they both have this poetic nature and they both have this beauty about them. And they both have this way of getting to the issue in an artful and beautiful way, right? This is where a book that's simply giving us wise things to cling to automatic it, it like somehow is being like transformed into this masterful art piece and we we get this image of art uh, like a, not art but of of wisdom wisdom healing our insides and and wisdom washing over us and refreshing our bones. Then in verse 9, honor the Lord with, with your substance. What's your substance? What's, that's you with your, with your very selves, with everything I've got, with all of my substance. The Solomon is calling us, honor the Lord. And then I need to do a disclaimer once again. I think I said it on my first sermon, but these are proverbs, not promises. Um, if you read 9 and 10 as a promise, it says, you know, honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruit of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. It's not a promise. If it were a promise, if you read that as a promise, it'll 
you'll come away saying, if I honor the Lord and I give him the first fruits, I'm going to be rich <laughs> and I'm going to have plenty of food in my in my barn and my, I'm going to have tons of wine. That's why this is called Proverbs, not Promises. These are wise sayings. What Solomon is saying is if we, and it's basically common sense, if you fill your life with good and God and holy things and wise things, good things will start to flow through you. It's simply logic. It's simply um, wisdom, right? And then he says, my child, yet again. I love it. In verse 11, my child. And this is how, this is the best way to look at being disciplined. And sometimes I think from down here, um, this is from earth, you know, from our perspective. Often, I don't know when I'm being disciplined or when life is just simply hard, you know, because of the fall and because of sin. Um, this is good advice in either circumstance. Life is hard or God is sovereign and he's bringing you through some horrible valley. The application is still the same. The encouragement is still the same. Let the hard times or the difficult circumstances or the, the disciplining of God remind you that God is your heavenly father. And he doesn't waste an ounce of your tears He uses all and redeems all. And the way that Solomon puts it is, think of these difficult times as the Lord re reproving you. And you only, you only discipline and re reprove the child you adore. And then verses 13 through 18, we get Lady Wisdom. <laughs> and I, was, I was just watching a television show the other day. I forget which one. But there was a, a, a guy character and a girl character. And they were describing these other two guy and girl characters. And then uh, the guy says to the lady, are you telling me she's smarter because she's a woman? And the woman says... Yes, <laughs> I just it was a, it was a funny moment. I guess maybe I just had to be there, but I love Lady Wisdom. I said at the outset, um, I, this is partially why I wanted to study Proverbs because I just the I the the idea that wisdom is female it it, it encourages me. And it warms the insides of my heart. And in verse, I, in verse 20, if you keep reading in verses 19 and 20, 
of chapter 3, you get this picture of Jesus. He, he, he doesn't call him Jesus, but he says, you know, the, the Word of God and God the Father are there at creation, along with Lady Wisdom. <laughs> and Lady Wisdom and She Fire, and you should look up that podcast when I, uh, I taught on She Fire, the um, Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Um, I, they just, uh, they, they encourage me deeply and greatly. Um, but we, we start learning about Lady Wisdom in, in these verses. He says, happy are those who find wisdom and those who get understanding. For her income is better than silver and her revenue better than gold. Hmm. When Lady Wisdom blesses you with her presence and with her insight, it's more valuable than anything on this earth. Solomon even says it's more precious than jewels in the next verse. Nothing compares. And then you get this image of Lady Wisdom holding long life in her right hand and in her left hand are the riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and her paths are peace. Wisdom and peace. Like, I, I just, we, it's almost too much. This is theology in concentrate. Like, you know, like this is not the watered down version. Um, we're learning these huge nuggets of truth about wisdom. And she has a, she has a feminine quality. She has a compassionate quality. She has a beautiful quality. She has an extremely valuable quality. She has, she's intertwined with peacefulness and pleasantness. And then it ends, the, the, the last verse we're studying this morning. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are happy. First, at that hold her fast, it reminds me of the, do you remember that movie Twister? I think it was in the 90s. Might have been 2000s, but there was a movie with Helen Hunt. And uh, it was about these people that chased after uh, twisters, tornadoes. And uh, one time they're and they're trying to capture them on, with TV, uh, with cameras and like, weather instruments and that kind of jazz. And one time uh, the team is in this twister is zigzagging and they guess wrong and they end up smack dab in the middle of this path of this raging tornado. And Helen Hunt and uh, I think, I forget the actor's name, but Helen Hunt, uh, they, they find one of these water pipes that's sticking out from the ground and it must run deep into the ground because it's anchored in. And they they hold their arm around it and they kind of intertwine their arms. So they're clinging to this pipe that's, it's like a, it's like a upside down horseshoe, you know, like a horseshoe into the ground. So it's got the two things going down into the ground and it's got a thing coming out like a, like an arch coming up. 
and their arms are linked onto this thing and their feet leave the ground and they're just clinging to this pipe that's the that's the image i have of us as followers of god as men and women who want to be wise clinging to wisdom holding fast to her and then she is a tree of life i saved that i i I took the second phrase first because i wanted to a year ago it was actually a year ago this sunday it was august 3rd or 4th of uh last year 2019 it was my first sunday and i preached and i and afterwards i was hanging out on the courtyard and Terry Ewan came up to me and she had drawn a tree on her uh, on her bulletin and it's one of my most prized possessions and she was she said this is my prayer for you and this is the vision that I was seeing as you were preaching um, for you to be rooted here and rooted in God and rooted in God's word that's how Solomon ends the passage that we're studying this morning with an image of this tree and um, trees are beautiful things amen there's so many beautiful I love Lord of the Rings the Ents um, so many like so many beautiful things about trees their roots are what hold them up they actually they defy gravity in that they bring water up from the ground to the outer outer parts. They're they're living. And when Solomon is is teaching us about wisdom and teaching about lady wisdom and her beauty, he can't help but add to that an image of this beautiful tree with deep roots and it it is the tree of life now how do we there's so many like every one of these things was an application right (laughs) that's funny Uh, give your whole heart to God that's an application that comes straight out of this text cling to wisdom I can't think of a more appropriate uh, application and especially to the time we're living through cling to wisdom don't think of yourself too highly Do not be wise in your own eyes. Be in awe of God. Remember that God, our Heavenly Father, sees you as His child. And He has you. Another one. Write the commands of God on the tablet of your hearts. Bind them around your neck. 
and my verse that I think we should uh, we should memorize this week is three eighteen. Say it with me. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called happy. Amen. As we continue in worship, I'm pleased and honored and actually humbled to announce that our tithes and offerings for the last two weeks total $13,365. I cannot believe how good the God we serve is. Um, Please continue to join in on the adventure and uh, send your tithes and offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received.
From the prophet Isaiah, we read, On the day of the Lord, God will make for all people a feast of rich foods and well-aged wines. The Lord will destroy the shroud that is cast over us. God will swallow up death forever and wipe away every tear. On that day, the people of God will say, this is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in God's saving love. As we approach the table today, we rejoice as we come into God's presence and experience his saving love. This is the Lord's table. You are invited to come and eat. You don't need to be a member of this church you don't even need to be Presbyterian. Christ our Lord invites all who love him and have given their lives to him. Come to the feast which he has prepared. Holy God, you made the world to hum in harmony. You listened and you called it good. In time we broke off from singing the song and went our own way but you called us back. And when the time was right, you came in flesh and blood to live as one of us. In Christ, dividing walls are broken down. No Jew or Greek, male or female, slave or free. You are there on every spectrum, in every color, at every table. By your spirit, make us one. By your Spirit, make us whole. By your Spirit, make this bread and wine your body and blood that we may know communion with you and with each other. Take our hearts, our lives, our hands, mold us, change us, and send us out that we may be your body in the world you so love. For the sake of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. We remember with thanksgiving our Lord's Passover meal, shared with his closest of friends, in which he took the bread and blessed it, broke it open, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body. Take and eat it, remembering me. Following Christ's command, we now say, take and eat. This is the body of Christ, broken for you. Amen. In the same way, after he had given thanks, 
He picked up the cup and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant. My blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. And the Apostle Paul later adds in his letter to the Corinthians that as often as we gather together and eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim that Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose again on our behalf. And we also declare that He's coming back for us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful Spirit, fill us up and send us out. Amen. The cup of salvation. Take, drink all of it. Let us pray again. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful Spirit, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for filling us up. Thank you for taking us as is, but not leaving us that way. We pray that as we leave this table and go back into our our daily lives, that you would sustain us and that you would empower us to be the people you have already made us to be. And we join together with one voice, praying the prayer you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Once again, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for calling me to be your head pastor. I'm honored and humbled. And I love you and miss you very, very much. The verse we we want to be chewing on this week is Proverbs 3.18. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called happy. And now... Our benediction. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, 
To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now, and forevermore. Amen.